My name is Fitz, and I'm the CEO of the Fitz Group. I'm glad you've chosen to listen to this week's excerpt from our weekly builder's call. This call is designed to help you move beyond personal sales and into building a business in the insurance industry. On one end of the income spectrum, we've helped a ton of agents make an additional $50,000 a year in override income on top of their sales income. And on the other end of the spectrum, we've helped a number of leaders make in excess of $1 million annually through the development of the override income into a business. And now, on to today's lesson. Today's training, man, um, <laughs> I was, uh, uh, I spent a lot of time this weekend thinking about this training. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing now and you're going to understand, or maybe it won't be funny to you, but it's funny to me uh, <laughs> that it took me so long to come up with this training today. Uh, a lot of times um, I am putting together the training on, on Monday mornings on, on the builder's call. I put it together based on uh, Maybe, maybe you're sending me an email or a message saying, hey, Fitz, could you teach on this? I love that. I love hearing feedback from you guys of you'd like for me to teach on that. That's, that's great. I continue to do that. Uh, sometimes it, it comes from uh, conversations I'm having. If I see a trend in conversations, individual coaching conversations, uh, if I, you know, three, four, five people are all asking about the same thing or we're addressing the same thing, if that theme is popping up, well, that's something I'll, I'll teach on the builder's call. Uh, sometimes I'm just, I'm training on something that uh, it, we hadn't trained on in a while, and it's just important to bring it back around, even though it isn't necessarily imperative that you hear it today, but it's just the timing. Uh, and sometimes I'm, I'm, I train based on stuff I'm digesting personally, uh, either through reading or, or podcasts or conference calls or whatever, speakers that I hear. Uh, maybe I'm digesting stuff, and as I'm digesting it and I'm getting it, I want to pass it on to you. And sometimes I'm teaching on things that uh, I just am teaching on for me. And so that's today. <laughs> Today, I'm teaching on something that's really for me. I hope you guys benefit from this, but I wanted to teach on this today because I needed to hear it. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, you guys will just um, get to benefit from me teaching myself. Eat that frog. Eat that frog. Um, it's, uh, man, this is, I'll just straight up go straight to the resource. It's a, it's a title of a book written by Brian Tracy, Eat That Frog. Uh, this is not a training that I made up myself. Um, uh, the, the subtitle of Eat That Frog is 21 Great Ways to Stop Procrastinating and Get More Done in Less Time. <laughs> That's why I'm laughing uh, uh, about the training. Uh, you know, training on this today, it, 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 uh, I procrastinated in creating this training <laughs> uh, for today. And so um, <clears throat> it was kind of funny as I was looking through some notes and thinking, oh, we need, I need to talk about Eat That Frog. I, I really need to hear this. I hope you benefit from it as well. Um, time management is, is a real major concern uh, for small business owners. I, I would say for people at large, but you know, I'm, I'm more concerned about helping small business owners develop their own business, right? And so um, I see repeatedly that uh, small business owners uh, fail because of cash flow problems. Uh, you know, maybe they're not making enough money or maybe they're uh, reinvesting it the wrong way. Uh, but I also see people uh, in small business fail because of their time management issues. Uh, and I talk about time management a lot. You can check out other videos uh, that I've done about that. Um, but uh, one of those things about time management is that, that, that eat that frog concept. And what Brian Tracy introduces in this book is the thought process that, you know, you have, um, everybody has stuff they need to get done every day. And uh, there are some things that are bigger and uglier than others. Uh, and what Brian Tracy encouraged you to do is, is get that 
big, ugly thing done first. The rest of the day seems easy and actually makes you way more uh, productive as a result. Uh, that's why he says, eat that frog. Nobody actually wants to eat a frog uh, unless you're in France. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but if you eat that frog first in the day, everything else seems easier. Uh, everything else um, is less daunting. Uh, and I, I, I do. I, I like having uh, hard conversations first thing in the morning. Even though I'm not a morning person, I like having hard conversations first thing in the morning. Anytime I've ever let somebody go on my staff, I've done that first thing in the morning. I don't like letting people go on my staff. I like keeping people around. Uh, but there's been times I've had to let people go. And I like doing that in the morning. So the rest of the day seems easier. Um, if there's uh, some big project that I'm working on or, or some new content that I'm creating, I, I like to try to get the hard stuff done early. And so the rest of the day seems easier. Uh, anyway, it's, this book is fantastic. I recommend picking it up. I'm not giving you a book report today. I'm not even going through all 21 of these uh, great ways to stop procrastinating. I'm just going through the first five. Uh, and uh, I'll show you what, what Brian Tracy said of the first five, and then I'll give you my own commentary uh, about it in, in, in my world. Again, eat that frog today as I'm teaching this to you. I'm really teaching it to me, and you guys are just benefiting uh, from me talking to myself uh, because um, – I find myself uh, procrastinating from time to time. I feel like I'm really good at time management. I feel like my schedule is, is really well organized and uh, I feel like I do a great job of executing and still I procrastinate. Uh, still there's, I mean, as I'm speaking right now, there's, there's like two or three different projects that I'm really, I really got to get done. Um, there's a, there's a deadline in my mind that I've set. It's not, nobody's actually putting a deadline on me, but I've put a deadline out there of getting these projects done and I'm procrastinating on doing them. And so I'm really trying to remind myself today uh, about this. And I guarantee you, I will uh, review the other 16 ways to stop procrastinating uh, as written by Brian Tracy. But the first five, let's go with number one. Brian Tracy says, number one, set the table. And he defines that by saying, decide exactly what you want. Clarity is essential. Write out your goals and objectives before you begin. Set the table. Decide exactly what you want. Clarity is essential. Write out your goals and objectives before you begin. Uh, Brian Tracy has another book about goals. It's actually titled Goals. Uh, that's a great book to read. Um, and, and I, I kind of I recommend reading that first and then reading Eat That Frog second because uh, Eat That Frog is all about, hey, you set your goals, quit procrastinating, you know, go get it done. But decide exactly what you want. If you're not really clear about that, uh, then, then it's really hard to figure out what you've got to do to get there. So last night, now this is another personal example. Last night, uh, it's, it was beautiful weather in, in, in uh, Dallas last night or yesterday after crazy storms this weekend. Sunday was beautiful. Blue skies. I think we had highs in the 80s. And uh, last night, I, I got my work done during the day. Uh, so last night, rather than coming to the office and working on a Sunday night like I would uh, a, a lot of times I do, instead I said, you know what, I want to I set up, build a fire in the fire pit and Heather's like, oh, okay, great. Well, we can cook some hot dogs and hamburgers over the fire and, you know, have some family time around the fire pit. That's really why I built that thing. Uh, and so we did. Uh, but Heather and I have been talking about that we need to have conversations with our two sons uh, about their future in soccer. Um, because, you know, it's, it's one of these things where uh, this time of year, and, and as, I'm, as this is being recorded, as we're talking, this is in May, but at this time of year with our, our, our kids playing competitive soccer, it's that time of year where if you're going to go move to another team, the contract that you're under with the previous team is coming up and you can go uh, try out for other teams. And, 
Um, and then, you know, July 1st is the big signing day. They actually sign contracts that they're going to committing to this team for a year. Well, right now is the time that we start looking at other teams if we're going to look at other teams and where other teams may ask you to come try out just to, just to give you a chance to, to, you know, show your goods, right? Well, we're sitting down with them, and um, the first one we talked to was our oldest, and he's about to be 13, and he's going into eighth grade. And, you know, hey, we, we want to know where you are taking this soccer thing because we want to help best guide you. And so the first thing I said to him, well, we started talking about it. Well, we went about it wrong. We started talking to him about it. You could see on his face that he, he kind of he was receiving it poorly, almost as if we were saying to him, you know, that whatever your dreams and goals are, you should change them. And that wasn't the case at all. We, wanted, we were trying to help guide him. So then we stepped back for a second, watching his body language. He wasn't receiving it. We stepped back for a second. And, and I said, look, what I do with the agents that we, we work with is I try to find out where they want to go. And then I help them walk backwards from there of how to get there. Right. It's kind of like using a GPS. You, you put in where you're trying to go and then the GPS maps it backwards to where you are to show you how to get there. So where do you want to go? I mean, where do you see this soccer thing going? And he said, I want to play college soccer. Okay. He's about to finish seventh grade, heading into eighth. If he wants to play college soccer, he's going to have to step up his game a little bit. He's going to have to work harder. And that's we, we started telling him that, Hey, listen, 10 years ago, uh, when you were um, not eight, 10 years ago, when five years ago, when you were playing soccer, it was all about fun. You're getting into a place now where it's not all about fun anymore. If you want to go play college soccer, it's not about feeling good. It's about doing the work. It's about making that extra effort. It's, you're in incredible shape, but you need to run more. You need to get in better shape. We started walking him through all of that. Uh, and it, you can see all of a sudden tension releasing off of him. And he started getting a really clear, idea of where he wanted to go and what it was going to take to get there and he was getting excited about it so much so that last night he's like dad tomorrow because we got this loop in our neighborhood that's a mile we also have a 3.1 mile loop that we will routinely exercise on he said dad tomorrow i'm gonna do the mile loop if i feel good i'm gonna take a second lap i don't know if i'm gonna try to do three miles but i'm gonna work my way up doing three miles three times a week just on the running stuff and and, and to me i was like okay we we helped him figure out where he wanted to go and and he was really clear i want to play division one college soccer I mean, it's going to take some effort, but that's where he wants to go. Okay, well, then this is what you've got to do. Our second conversation with, with, with our second son was Zachary. Like, Zachary, where do you see this? And it, we didn't do it in front of him. You know, we pulled one away and, and, and had a conversation. So then Joseph was done. We pulled Zachary out. Zachary, uh, where do you see this soccer thing going? And he's kind of sitting, lounging in his chair, and he's kind of scratching his head. He's like, soccer for me is really just a hobby. <laughs> I don't really want to go play college. I got no desire to, I mean, wouldn't it be awesome to play major league soccer or play pro, but I, yeah, it's just a hobby for me. I want to do other things. It's not just about soccer for me. Cool. Okay. Well, in that regard, <laughs> we don't need to be investing in your soccer as much as we are. So let's talk about options of what we can do to invest better in where you're trying to go. I'm not, I'm not saying that Heather and I are perfect parents, but I'm giving you an example of how just last night we walked through with our kids and setting the table. You need to do the same for you. You know, I, I, I love playing soccer. Oh, that's great. Where is it going? Yeah, I, I want to build a huge business. That's not clear. What is the specific that you're going for? Decide exactly what you want. Listen, you're not locked into it. You can change your mind down the road. But right now, as far as setting the table is concerned, you need to decide exactly what you want and be really, really clear about it. And then start writing out your goals and objectives before you even begin. Okay? All right. Brian Tracy's second. 
way to quit procrastinating. Plan every day in advance. Number two, plan every day in advance. Brian Tracy says, think on paper. Every minute you spend in planning can save you five or 10 minutes in execution. Yeah, a, a, a month or so ago, gosh, a little over a month ago, we did a boot camp here, uh, the, the, the Fitz Group Spring Forward we did here in the office. And Heather and I talked about mind mapping and swatting. And uh, I've heard uh, uh, my mentor, Andy, talk about white sheeting and taking out a piece of paper and just brainstorming. Uh, that's kind of what we were doing with the kids last night. And, okay, let's suspend reality for a second and let's think about this and think about that. And okay, let's, let's, say, let's just assume that that's not the reality. Let's, let's think about this. And how do you see that playing out? And anyway, think on paper. It's, it's one thing I know a lot of people will tell me when it comes to time management. I talk about how every night I'm looking at the next day and thinking out my day. And people go, oh, yeah, I do that too. Do you, do you think it out? Or are you just sort of generally thinking about your day tomorrow? Or are you writing it out on paper? Do you have a calendar? Are you jotting down notes? I like to look at uh, my coaching conversations the next day. So this is what I did last night. Last night, I sat down with my laptop. I'm looking at my coaching conversations I'm supposed to have today. Uh, and I started thinking through and jotting down maybe a note or two. I'm not trying to write a book on everybody, but just a note or two to kind of get my mind to start zeroing in on what that conversation needs to be so that we're effective with our time and efficient with our time. Every minute you spend in planning can save you five or 10 minutes in execution. So if I'm thinking on paper about a coaching conversation that I have today, maybe there's one or two things I want to make sure to weave into the conversation that can save us two or three weeks of conversations if I'm thinking about it ahead of time. And hopefully it'll get you where you're trying to go even faster because I take the time to plan. Now, if you have a coaching conversation with me, and I'm using this as an example, but if you have a coaching conversation scheduled with me, I would recommend that you think about it on paper before we talk too. That way we're not just staring at each other on a Zoom meeting waiting for the other one to talk, right? Like you want to be efficient with your time and you've got stuff that you want to get out of that conversation. Think about it. Spend time ahead of time jotting down some notes. You don't have to have 15 pages of questions, but one or two bullet points for a 30-minute conversation is great. Plan every day in advance. Think ahead. Think ahead. Leaders, we call it anticipatory critical thinking is what Heather and I call it. Uh, act, right? Leaders don't react. They proact, right? We're, leaders are not reactive. Shouldn't be. Some are. <laughs> Shouldn't be reactive. You should be proactive. You should be ahead of the game. The, the, the old cliche is that leaders can see around the corner. You know, great leaders that, oh, that leader, he, that guy, he can see around corners. No, he's, he can't really see around corners. He's thinking about it ahead of time. He being a non-gender specific term. Uh, I just watched the movie on the basis of sex this weekend. And I'm very clear that, you know, that's a non-gender specific term. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Number three. Number three, apply the 80-20 rule to everything. Brian Tracy says, apply the 80-20 rule to everything. It's called Pareto's rule. Uh, uh, I've taught about it before in other teachings. Uh, I first heard about it from John Maxwell, but it's apparently this thing, <laughs> right? This Pareto rule. Pareto, the guy, came up with the 80-20 rule to everything. 20% of your activities will account for 80% of your results. 20% of your activities will account for 80% of your results. Always concentrate your efforts on that top 20%. Uh, this is... So I'm, I, as, I'm, as I'm saying this, like I just paused for a second. I don't know how long that pause really was, but in my mind it seemed like I paused for about five minutes because I just thought about 15 different things that I spend my time doing that are accounting for 20% of my results. That I'm spending 80% of my time on things that are going to generate 20% of the results. That's terrible. 
That's, that's horrible time management. I mean, horrible. 20% of your activities will account for 80% of your results. So conversations I had last week in Europe and home. Okay. So last week while I was gone and then when I was back in the States, uh, conversations I had, people talking about, should I hire an assistant or not? I don't know. I go, well, the 10 minutes that you spend scrubbing that application, could you have made more money elsewhere? I guarantee you somebody's hearing my voice right now going, you talk to me about that. Yeah, I talked to you and like five others about this last week. So it, it is about you, but it's about those other five too that I talked to last week about this. Could you, spending 20% of your activities will count for 80% of your results. Could you spend more, 80% of your results, could you spend more time making dials? Could you spend more time running appointments? Right? Could you spend more time interviewing? Could you spend more time training an agent if you didn't have all the administrative work to do? If you didn't have to scrub apps, if you didn't have to check pending, if you didn't have to yada, 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 yada. If you didn't have to complete the fast track for that person or, or do the contract for them or get them signed up for class, all the administrative stuff of what we do, does that really need to be done? Yes. Does it really need to be done by you? No. 20% of your activities will account for 80% of your results. What are you spending your time doing? And the time that you're spending, what percentage of the results that you're looking for is that accounting for? Okay. So I'm, I'm talking to myself like, okay, the stuff I spend time doing throughout the week, I, I think that small business owners uh, typically in my observation, in my experience have been control freaks. Small business owners like to have control over everything. It, it's been it, over the years. It's I, uh, a lot of you guys know, I love spreadsheets. I love looking at the numbers. I love understanding them and, 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 and reading what they're saying to me and, and, and being able to make decisions based on that. I had to let somebody else start inputting the data into those spreadsheets. That was so hard for me to give up because I, I loved knowing it, but my time, I was spending 80% of my time, let's say in this example, inputting that data and it was accounting for 20% of my results. That was really bad use of time. Instead, I let somebody else do it. Well, Fitz, I just, I don't have uh, enough money to hire staff. Okay, well, check this out. You don't pay staff a year in advance. You only pay staff based on the payroll. So if you're hiring staff, you really only need to look forward for about two weeks. You got to cover the, the, their, their paycheck in two weeks or every week, whatever you agree to pay them, or at the end of every day. However often you agree to pay them, you just gotta cover that. You don't have to pay them the first year up front. You hire somebody for $40,000 a year, you just gotta make payroll in two weeks. You're not trying to pay them the full year up front. So if you could hire somebody for $10 an hour to do 10 hours of work, that's 100 bucks a week. 100 bucks a week. You're telling me that if you had somebody scrubbing applications for you and sending them in, you're telling me that that time saved, you couldn't make a hundred bucks during that time? Sure you could. Okay then. Or you're, I, 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 I played this logic on somebody one time. I was like, uh, how much do you make uh, uh, an hour when you're out there making sales? And they were like, I don't know, two, $300. Cool. So you make two, $300 per hour that you're out there working in the field. Yeah. Okay. So why don't you just hire admin for $200 an hour? Well, that'd be crazy to hire somebody to do admin for $200 an hour. That's crazy talk, Fitz. Yeah, but that's what you're doing when you are doing the admin. You need to be out there making the sales. You need to be out there recruiting the agents. You need to be out there training the agents. 
And, and if you're doing work that's less than $200 an hour, you need to find somebody to do that for you. Okay. Or hire somebody for $200 an hour. <laughs> yeah, doesn't make any sense to do that. All right. Moving on. Brian Tracy's number four. He said, consider the consequences. Number four, consider the consequences. Your most important tasks and priorities are those that can have the most serious consequences, positive or negative on your life or work. Focus on these above all else. Consider the consequences. Your most important tasks and priorities are those that can have the most serious consequences, positive or negative on your life or work. So focus on those first. When you're trying to figure out which tasks are most important to do right now, consider the consequences of not doing them. Okay, it's so like this weekend, I had a couple of different projects to work on and I, uh, I didn't work on them this weekend. Okay, I procrastinated. Now, what are the consequences of doing that? Well, there's no consequence today, but if I don't get this done in about two weeks, there's going to be consequences. Why? Because when I set my goals, I set up consequences. I mean, there's very, let's face it, in our worlds, there's very little consequence for not getting work done at a certain time. There's very little consequence, right? I mean, it, 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 in our world, we're all self-employed. I mean, nobody's going to fire you if you don't make phone calls this week. But if you don't make phone calls this week, then you're not going to have appointments this week. Then you're not going to have production this week. And you're not going to have commissions next week. So consider those consequences. Nobody's going to fire you for not making dials. Nobody's going to fire you for not, for not running appointments. Nobody's going to fire you for not running ads. Nobody's going to fire you for, for not interviewing agents and, and, and training them. Nobody's going to fire you for not doing those things. So that's not a consequence you're going to write down. You're self-employed. Nobody's going to fire you for that. However, you're not going to be able to pay rent next month. However, those goals and dreams that you set the table with in number one, those aren't ever going to come true. I'm not okay with that for me. I'm not okay setting a, a goal or a dream in my mind or on paper. I'm not okay writing that down and then not working to make it happen. I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay having a dream or a goal that I talk to my family about and then not bringing it to fruition for them. I'm not okay with that. So my consequences aren't as dire as somebody's going to shoot me in the head because I didn't do a PowerPoint, right? But what, if I disappoint my wife, if I disappoint my kids, if I let them down on something they were expecting and hoping and praying for, that to me is a pretty serious consequence in my mind. And, and guess what I do? I build it up. I play it up. I make it seem bigger in my head than it really is. For me, disappointing my family is a big deal. Disappointing my staff, disappointing you, the agents, that's a big deal to me. And, and so the stuff I'm procrastinating on right now, I got to get it done. I got to get it done this week because it needs to be done in two weeks. And that gives me a week to make sure it's right. <laughs> Consider the consequences. When you're trying to figure out what you need to be doing right now, if I don't do this right now, what are the consequences? And the, the, the bigger the consequences, the more important it is that you do this right now. Okay. Number five, I'm not covering all 21, just covering the first five of his book. Go buy the book, cheapskate. It's like five bucks. <laughs> Go to Amazon and get it. All right. Number five, practice creative procrastination. This is one of my favorite things I've ever learned in, in the history of my learning is creative procrastination. Practice creative procrastination, according to Brian Tracy. He says, since you can't do everything, you must learn to deliberately put off those tasks that are of low value so that you have enough time to do the few things that really count. 
practice creative procrastination. Put something off that has no immediate consequence or doesn't have even big consequences that are really not important. Put it off. Put it off, put it off, put it off. I got this to do. It, well, let's, let's rank it like on number four. Let's consider the consequences. And those things that you feel like are really important to do right now, figure out if they're really important that you do right now. I, I feel like um, I'll, I'll use my kids as an example because I know a lot of you guys can relate to that. You got kids too, a lot of you. And so uh, there are things that my kids want me to do. Well, guess who's not my boss? <laughs> the 12, 10, and the 7-year-old. Those, those guys are not my boss. There's things they want to do. They want me to do with them. Well, yesterday, one of those things, it was a hot day in Dallas, you know, mid-80s, and the pool's getting right. They wanted me to go swimming with them. They wanted me to go swimming with them. Turned on the hot tub, and, the, and, the, and the, we call it the hot tub and the cold pool. But we had the hot tub going. The, the cold pool was, was refreshing, apparently. They seemed to like it. Water guns were in, involved in floats and all kinds of stuff. They had a great time. They wanted me to go play in the pool. I, however, looked at the list of things I needed to get done. I needed to get builder's call finalized and prepped. I had some other things this week, some projects this week I needed to get done this week. So I, I did that yesterday afternoon while they were playing in the pool. When I got done with that, I went to the fire pit and started building the fire so that we could sit around the fire as a family and eat dinner and have these intentional conversations that we needed to have with the kids. You see, all of those things were more important than playing in the pool yesterday. So I deliberately had creative procrastination there. I deliberately put that off. Am I going to play in the pool with them eventually? Yes. I don't need to play in the pool with them every day. <laughs> yeah, summer's coming. I mean, my gosh, next weekend is Memorial Day and it's summer and school's out in, in a week and a half for us. Yeah, we'll have plenty of time in the pool, but I had to put that time in the pool off because I had work to get done today. Now, as you're doing that, I will caution you, don't put off important things indefinitely. Spending time with your kids is important. You know, investing in your marriage is important. You, you can't put that off forever, right? But, but right now, right now is maybe not the time we solve that marital problem that we've had for the last five years. Right now, I just need to get on the phone and book some appointments because that's a bigger, more important consequence I'm facing, right? We've been working on this problem as a, as a married couple for five years. I'm keeping it generic. Every married couple has a problem they've been working on for five years or more, right? So if they've been married five years, you've had a problem for five years, I guarantee you. So don't be wondering what mine is. I'm not wondering what yours is. We just agree that we all have them, right? But fixing that right now, is that important or is it important that I get on the phone and make dials? You know, Heather and I having a conversation this morning. I had to stop the conversation because like, okay, hard stop. I got to go shower. I got to get dressed. You got to get the kids up. We got to meet in the middle. I'm taking the kids to school. I get to get to the office. Like, I have to put this conversation off because there are more important things that I take care of right now than this conversation. Is that conversation not important? No, it's important. It just wasn't as important right now. You combine this, this kind of stuff and, and start talking about Stephen Covey and, and, and the time management with the, the four quadrants and you start getting all that and it really kind of gels together for you. Um, it starts gelling together for you where it'll start making sense. As I've been teaching this right now, I'm, I'm feeling resolved in me on some things that I've been wondering about or thinking about. I, I, I appreciate you guys listening into my, uh, my own personal counseling session today. Uh, I've got some, some resolution in mind and some things I've got to get done. So uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. 
the first five of the uh, of Eat That Frog. I hope that you pick up the book uh, and, um, and, and get after it, man. Stop procrastinating. Get it done today. Go ahead and eat that frog. The rest of the day is going to seem so much easier. Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time, and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with The Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you next week.